Halloween episodes. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Welcome back to church. <laughs> I am your holiness. <laughs> um, this is like a topsy turvy world where you where you introduce the episode. Go. You did say the first thing. No, that's all I do. I'm... Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode seventy seven. Casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. Uh, Tony. And this is our part two of our halloween series yeah which is probably coming out just after halloween is that right i think did you do the maths on that so we've got first one coming out um on the 26th so that'll be just prior yeah and then we'll have one just post yeah so yeah (laughs) so we're sandwiching halloween with our specials yeah so to speak our special bits yeah um just gonna turn up the cans a little bit the cans turned up I can, hear, I can hear the noises in the cans. All right. Um, so in this episode, we are going to um, uh, s- go back and forth on some uh, Halloween uh, stories. So this won't be like your regular episode where you switch off after 20 minutes. It's been thoroughly researched, this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, exhaustively. So I hope you appreciate it because it's taken a lot of time out of our, our diaries, our calendars. You hope I appreciate it? Uh, yeah, and the other listener or listeners. Okay. Oh, you, you're not the a listener. other listener. No, yeah. I'm not a listener. I'm not a fan at all, no. actually. <laughs> I just can't stand this podcast in, fact, in fact, are, are you the one who's trolling us on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> DeLong don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, uh, let's get the admin out of the way. Okay. Have you had a good week? Yeah. Anything, anything paranormal this week? Just that um, artwork fell off the wall on the on the podcast in the studio about two a.m. two nights ago. So that artwork, yep, artwork. Oh, the artwork that's on the ground. It's on the ground. That's it fell off your wall in the middle of the night. It did. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, I I I arose from my slumber. Paranormal. That's like a, like a vampire. Yeah. Hearing a, a crash, and I I I grabbed a, a torch. And looked around the house trying to find the source of it. Why would you use a torch? What do you Why mean? don't you switch on a light? No, I don't want to alert a, a, a boogler. Oh. Did you use your crowbar? Oh, I forgot about the crowbar, actually. Oh, come I on. I the bloody crowbar. <laughs> I mean, I've, just, I've just thought about it now. I forgot I even had the crowbar. Yeah, I remembered you had the crowbar. Had the crowbar. <laughs> For those that are joining late... Um, <laughs> So he has a crowbar under his bed for burglars. For burglars, yeah. yeah. It's because I listened to too many uh, true crime podcasts and started <laughs> freaking me out. So I needed a weapon. That's pretty good. Um, so I've brought uh, or any uh, anything else paranormal other than would it freak you out more if it happened on Halloween night? Um, maybe. Yeah, I guess it was just the time. It was it was two o'clock in the morning. So mm. yeah, had it been Halloween, like uh, you know. About two months ago, the shower caddy fell off the shower in the middle of the night, and that made a hell of a racket. Was it 2 a.m. as well? Uh, it was about 2 or 3 a.m., yeah. Wow. So, we've got a pattern here. So, I think your house is haunted. Yeah. You're going to have to burn down the house. No, no, remember... I'll help I, you burn I, down the house. No, I remember I'm quite, I'm quite, uh, quite fond of a, of a friendly haunting ghost. Then why are you trying to burn down the house? <laughs> it's you. You're doing that. Hmm. Now, how they would look on the insurance claim? Why <laughs> yeah. you burn the house down? Haunted. I suspected it was haunted, so I did the right thing. What if your house burns down in two days' time and they get a hold of this? The yeah, I guess this episode's never going to hear. Already is. And it's got a buff. It's got a buff? A buff. It's got a buffer. <laughs> we're here. We've got, we've got a week. Hey, what if the episode goes up and then two days later, um, your house burns down? I guess we have to take the episode down. No, that's not happening. Well, remember that time There's we had. Remember that time we had to make, get Beach to make that edit. It would be something similar again. There's one too many <laughs> tweets for me to send. I'm afraid. 
so you're gonna have to just start again financially <laughs> yeah and what if it burned down your neighbor's house too i know we are connected we are joined yeah. at the hip so to speak or the garage are they actually joined yeah they uh, are aren't they yeah and with mark flat one i am yeah yeah we're joined at the, the the garage so if you drilled into the garage wall you could go through to his house i could yeah i could, I could knock through how far is too far to drill through there then 50 percent. it is really thick concrete blocks so it might be a challenge but um apparently the previous neighbor mark told me he used to like do uh car shite in the garage <laughs> and like the whole house would shake like till really? 10 o'clock at night although he had like i think he's someone who has plates on the wall you know people that have plates on a wall old people yeah <laughs> they would rattle and stuff mm. he's got way too many photos on the wall of his son and other relatives alive or dead i don't know i just see them there's lots of them mm. i've only got one photo of another person in this entire house so in this house yeah i'm flattered <laughs> it's not you oh i can see it'd be nice to have a good nice photo of us too yeah a lovely photo of us too what it'd be nice to have a lovely photo of us too in the studio this is an ironing board you know in the studio this isn't a studio it is this is a spare room that's a study slash studio slash where i do my ironing <laughs> where i straighten my pants this is this is just as much a laundry as where it I is get, a studio where i get the kinks out of my khakis <laughs> my yeah. cat my khakis do you think you probably use this room more for ironing than you do for podcasting probably so how are you calling it a studio it's it's a lot of things there's a lot of slashes in there yeah there's nothing that's very halloweeny slashes i want Go. you to put the uh foam up all over your walls before you call this a studio ever again sounds reasonable done <laughs> anyway moving on moving on um i brought a new segment does it have a sting nope <laughs> very good <laughs> it has a title i call it good, good start i guess i call it recipe for success oh is this now like a motivation podcast nope um it's probably not what you expect okay this is where i take um successful blockbuster movies that have had that have some sort of paranormal link yeah and i review them slash outline them in the form of a recipe oh okay right mm, sounds interesting <laughs> got it recipe hence recipe for success nice so okay if you wanted to make a successful blockbuster movie this, this is, is how, the this is the ingredients and method in. yeah the, the way ingredient, you, yeah the, the ingredients and construct method. it stop talking over each other sorry i'm just very excited about this new segment. <laughs> this is the ingredients and method for you to do it so the first movie and by the way on twitter hit, hit me up if you like this segment then suggest me a movie i'll watch it i'll do you a recipe and in fact once i've done a few of them let's make a recipe book okay another grandiose idea that will never happen yeah let's talk about it while we're recording it's a lot, the best place a, to do it's it. a lot of work and uh, no one will buy it so yeah. let's do that let's at least talk about doing that let's let's, let's talk about it let's yeah about, let's <laughs> that's talk. free that's easy to do yeah it's easy to bullshit let's talk about doing that um so the movie that i've done to kick off is men in black ah oh, men in black three no the first one. Oh, which is important well, let me do the i most, didn't do the third one well, let me do the most recent one that's what i was thinking maybe there'll be subsequent recipes okay well just calm down yeah you, 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 your nicky's in a twist are you ready to hear the recipe for men in black i, I am i am ingredients white middle-aged man any will do one chocolate prince fresh very good very good yep black station wagon bigger the better a nice bunch of bug slash humanoid hybrids a handful of one-liners fit for an m rating assorted metal spinning whirring things silver walled rooms with white lights half a dozen egg chairs to sit emotionless in mm, they're very futuristic hmm. um, so any other ingredients that you can think might be added to men in black um rip torn <laughs> wait wait i just came straight out with it uh elderly angry looking white man uh, Riptorn was one that um i toyed with putting in there but i guess if you if you're making this recipe at home feel free to add your own Riptorn. okay <laughs> 
Start with a small cameo from Uncle Rico as we toy with the idea of illegal aliens and alien aliens to reveal the movie about aliens has aliens mm. in it as well as Mexicans. A lot of A words there. Mm-hmm. Next, add a mid- middle-aged white guy with a stick. Stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next, add a middle-aged white guy with a stick it to the man, gruff, unloving air about him. If you can't find Tommy Lee Jones, a Robert De Niro with wrinkles will do. He's a bit old though, isn't he? Next, in a separate bowl, introduce a kick-ass, outside-the-box thinking, fresh prince, all grown up, wise-cracking, even if he's alone on screen, athletic, fills out a suit, real nice Will Smith. Was this was Will Smith doing two back-to-back Alien movies? Did he do Independence Day, The Men in Black? I'm going to have to get you to refer to IMDb about okay, that. Okay, keep going. I like what you said about him, though. It fits nicely. If you can't find one, substitute out Martin Lawrence, or Kevin Hart, or Eddie Murphy, or Chris Rock. Or try again in a few years' time with an all-female cast. Yeah, that, that, that is a fan favourite these days, yeah. Once you've successfully merged the two characters and worked through a crisis of identity and various meltdowns, introduce the main protagonist, in this case what must be some kind of hot dog or other meat on a stick, as this character definitely has to walk as though some kind of stick has entered his backpack, back passage. <laughs> because we all know alien bad guys in disguise can't figure out the human gait. After a cute alien, a sassy alien, a blobby alien, and a love interest are added into the oven tray, bake it on a slightly more degrees than average for about 45 more minutes, and you'll eventually end up at a standoff of full of ironically small guns, big guns, explosions, attempts to end humanity, uh, and most probably for its resources. You'll know it's ready to come out of the oven when the love interest is saved, the old guy and the young guy get along really well, mm. and a sequel is nicely set up. Beautiful. Hmm. Well, not just one sequel. For best results, serve with ads and a lotto draw on a Saturday night when you're actually just browsing YouTube or scrolling through Twitter looking for merch to buy from a third-rate casual paranormal podcast hosted by two extremely down-to-earth and attractive New Zealanders. Just call me attractive? This segment was brought to you by Jim on a Limbs Biltong, available in the Greater Canterbury area. Contact us for details. When you got yourself a craving for a snack that can't be beat, Wrap your lips around old Jim's spicy meat. <laughs> it's hashtag Tongan. <laughs> and that's the end of my segment. Can you tell me more about that, the, the advertising? Oh, we got a sponsor. <laughs> right, right. Um, so our friend Jim, the most haunted mm-hmm. guy I know. Been on the show. Friend been, of the show. He's been making biltong. Do you know what biltong I is? I don't. No. It's like beef jerky. Right. So you basically hang up a steak with some seasoning on it for like a week. And then you uh. eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't eat anything. I don't eat anything that had a heartbeat, so I don't really. really That's why know. I think this um, this uh, segment is so fitting for a sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> one of us is vegetarian. Yeah. Probably couldn't think of much worse than just a steak that's been hung up for a week no. to then chew on. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's making biltong. It's called Jim and Limbs Biltong. Um, he can probably sell it to you if you're inside the Canterbury area. Is um, he actually selling it? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, unless you're from the IRD and then no. No. <laughs> Cashy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then just the hashtag is, um, Tongan, T-O-N-G-I-N. So hashtag Tongan. What does that mean? Uh, it's short for Bill Tonging. Okay. Very good. Very good. I thought it might be after that, uh, Tongan, uh, rugby league, league match. Yeah. No, not quite. Yeah. So that jingle again, when you got yourself a craving for a snack that can't be beat, Wrap your lips around old Jim's spicy meat. <laughs> Did he come up with that, or is that you? I wrote that. You wrote that, yeah. yeah. I might a... be in charge of a lot of his creative. But yeah. He just doesn't know about it, does he? He knows about he it. Knows about yeah, it. He, he knows about approve it. Does he approve it? Or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he yeah, signing yeah, yeah. off? He's good. Does he have full creative control? Don't of you worry gonna... about Jim. What did you think of the recipe? <laughs> I loved I loved it. I loved it, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you've got any that you want to suggest for me to write a recipe for, if you want to write a recipe, or yeah. if any of our listeners want to come and suggest what recipe they want, then hit me up. We'll talk about publishing a book. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. Well, actually, because we could actually maybe finally publish a book because a lot of the material mm. that we read out is all copyrighted. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas um, that one, that one's you've come up with on, on you know on the fly. So, uh, so now the judge and jury can say we knowingly did this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, we've got to um, become published so that we can be called ufologists. Ufologists. That's so right. Does that count if it's movie reviews in the form of recipes? I guess as long as they're kind of slanted towards UFOs. 
I mean, your first one was. That's true. And I and I talked about Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that recently because that was on like Saturday night, like on a random thing. So yeah, yeah, I'm sort of thinking, I might, I might just Independence Day. Excellent. Um, okay, so that ends my segment. Great. Thank you for bringing that. You're welcome. Bit of homework for you there. Mm, did some homework. Very for good. One. Um, what do you got? Do you want to talk about what's coming up next week, and we taste her, and I'll talk about maybe this this part here around why I looked at it then. Oh, so I'll just do a segment that I've come up with myself. And I've done I'll, the whole thing, yep. and then you'll get me to keep going into your segment. And I'll read, and I'll, no, then I'll read something out that I've looked at online <laughs> and found for free, and haven't done any work on, and it's actually like two year, two years old. So it <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> um, just a teaser for the listeners next week. Um, you're going and to you, hear, and you did all this as well yourself. Oh so, yeah, I, yeah. Did, I did do a lot of this. Man, yeah. you're really pulling your weight, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so next week um, we got a very special episode. This is a, a lights in the sky first, where we have an interview with someone who isn't me or Ton or, or Jim. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, we interviewed none other than Sarjal Eighteen. Um, some of you may have known may know of him from um the overkill episodes of tell him steve dave from 2011 um he is somebody who um has visited vortexes around around america and um has uh in his words made contact with aliens Mm. which aliens not being extrasolar they're interdimensional that's right um so some really interesting things he's got all the answers to any questions you ask him so um it was just fascinating to talk to him so next week we've got an interview with him that we're going to um to uh put out as its own kind of standalone special um so that'll be episode 78 um, so yeah. you, uh, you've heard it, you've heard the interview that I, I did. Yeah, it starts off a little rocky with a bit of geographic confusion, but you quickly get him back on the right page. Oh, so what you're saying is he uh, he mistook us for Australians. Which everybody does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah. It'd be like Canadians getting mistaken for Americans, right. I think. Yeah. Yep. Until they say a boot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you're listening in Australia, he has a very warm welcome to you. So. <laughs> and he has friends in Melbourne. He does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sarge L18 uh, on a Lights in the Sky special um, just for you and your air holes and any other air holes you want to put it in. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, you... Any, any other holes that you can hear through. You heard the interview and it got you thinking, you It said? did, yeah. So what got me thinking is that he has some really, truly um, quite amazing stories to share um about experiences and things that have happened to him um and it just got me thinking about how many people in sort of a, at the, the society these days would either say you know accept that what he's saying which is quite unco- which is quite you know controversial to yep. what unconventional yeah unconventional what we've all been led to believe is, is true so it got me thinking about and also, I guess, an audience for this podcast. And we very much bill ourselves as, you know, for people who are just kind of interested in the subject and kind of want to get in but don't want to... Yeah, we're, we're not dive firm either way, really. Deep. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not hardline either way. We're, I think we're very open-minded and accepting. Thanks, and thanks man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's us. That's us. <laughs> um, and I thought, so what's, what are these beliefs? Like, what are the, what are the paranormal beliefs like? these these days like who's believing what and what are the demographics that believe certain things and yeah yeah i was just quite curious so i just just did a quick googs and um the backbone of our our um podcast google yeah and i came up uh, upon this uh, chapman university uh study uh of american fears 2017 article mm-hmm. so it is yeah tell me more tell me more it's their, uh, it's, it's, uh, it says the Chapman University survey of American fears wave four. So I assume that's the fourth time round. Mm-hmm. Wave four. It's quite a saying episode. Ah, this is our 77th wave of Lights in the wave. Sky podcast. Have done it. Too bad. <laughs> so it talks about paranormal beliefs and who are the people that are believing what. So I'll just quickly um, pop, pop my way through this. I said pop and I popped in the, 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 the mic. Go on. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Currently, the most common paranormal belief in the United States is the belief that ancient, advanced civilizations such as Atlantis once 
it said exited, but I assume it means existed. Come on, Chapman University. <laughs> this is a university. <laughs> uh, with more than half of respondents, 55%, agreeing or strongly agreeing with the statement. So that's something I would be thinking, like, less likely. Yeah, that's interesting. So, Ancient aliens is that idea of, um, you know, civilization and its technologies um, well, yeah. set up what we've got now yeah and this well this isn't quite ancient aliens this is more just ancient civilizations standalone whether oh. they're alien alien influenced or not um, gotcha so this is the atlantis or that there were technology technologically superior or um i mm. guess civilizations in the past right i don't believe that really so that theory all, but again so open-minded, open-minded, no judge no judge no hate <laughs> no hate um so is, would this tie in with how people think that it would have been impossible to build the pyramid Maybe. Or is that more ancient aliens still? Yeah, I think it might still be more ancient aliens. But oh, well, re- re- this is saying that they're really calling out Atlantis here. Right. So that's sort of 55%. That's, that's big. It's a lot. It's large. It's most. It's huge. It's more than don't. It's a well-endowed audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on from that, slightly more than half, 52%, believe that places can be haunted by spirits. Mm-hmm. So I would have thought that would be the other way around, but hey. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I would have thought more people would believe in ghosts. More than a th- mostly because that would—that's one of those things that people point to. That it's like um, uh, people cling to that because it is comforting. Yes, in a way, it is. So that's something the that everyone, afterlife. everyone could potentially be clinging to. Whereas Atlantis is kind of like less <laughs> relevant to most people. Let's do an Atlantis episode. It seems to be popular. If you if you can be going by this, it's a popular th- subject. So the Disney movie. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'll do a recipe for the lost city of Atlantis. Is that a movie? movie? Yeah. Disney movie? Yeah, there's a... It's an Atlantis one. You're thinking of Little Mermaid again. They're both under the sea. Yeah, they are. Uh, 35% believe that aliens visited Earth in our ancient past. So there you go. Oh, that's ancient aliens. And more than a fourth believe aliens have come to earth in modern times so more people believe that aliens came in the ancient past than have come in modern times that's really interesting yeah so of the items we asked about americans are the most skeptical about bigfoot only 16 percent of americans express a belief in its existence Mm, (laughs) poor poor sasquatch sassafras john lithgow (laughs) um so yeah some other ones here were um people can move objects with their minds so 20 25 percent of people believe that can you not do that wait can people not do that because i do that i can move things with my forehead but that's not really my mind like like, i could move this mic if i wanted i bang don't bang i'm just saying i can do it so now you believe you're a believer i made a believer out of you okay go on and fortune tellers and psychics can foresee the future so 19.4 percent believe that yeah do you think that um that one maybe there are real psychics but it's been muddied by a lot of non-psychics uh yeah there's number of frauds 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 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah destroying the the, the age-old professionalism profession prostitution <laughs> that's the oldest profession is it yeah I think so. do you think it actually is i don't know people always say it and i just and i i blindly agree i would have thought like hunter gatherer fisher person <laughs> was there was there someone at our high school called hunter no there was a last name Oh, are you sure? I thought this one called Hunter. Remember, there was the last name of the one who was like Fasty. Oh, right. <laughs> he talked really fast. Right, right. <laughs> there was something along those lines that I, I, I believe there was some other name like that. Hunter. Uh, anyway, I forget. Anyway. One of, my, one of my colleague's sons called Hunter. First name? Yeah. It's a good name. Thank you. It's a strong name. I didn't use it. Ah, oh, you're here with Hunter and Luke on Lights in the Sky podcast. I like it. Hunter Everett. Yeah, Hunter Everett. This is what last name you want to yeah. change yours That's to, right. right? Hunter Everett. Well, I was leaning on the computer and thankfully it's still recording because <laughs> I was just minimizing stuff with my elbow. Yeah, I would hate to lose this amazing quality content. What did you say, Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, just going on, going to the sort of the, I guess the demographic of people. So they, they broke it down on uh, age, 
their um, biblical literism, so I guess what they know about the, the bibliography of Jesus, uh, does respondent live in metropolitan area, uh, education, employment, frequency of church attendance, gender, their mm. religious uh, beliefs, uh, income, marital status, political party, political preference, race, region of the country, and oh, so it's religious racist. tradition. So you, typical hunter bringing up a racist. I did note that you had a lot of racial references in your recipes. So. Yeah, you would note that. That's my point. <laughs> they were in there to see what you pick up on. Because so you're a racist. Is, so moving on, you fuck with, moving on somewhere else. So the people with the highest levels of paranormal belief tend to be lower income, uh, report themselves as highly religious, mm-hmm. attend religious services infrequently. So they're highly religious, but they never go to church. Great. Female, which surprised me. Sexist. Conservative. Either single or cohabitating. So fuck buddies. Um, <laughs> is that what that means? I think so. Cohabitate, cohabitating. Yeah. Living together. Yeah. Fuck buddies. I thought. Uh, isn't it like when you are like cohabitating is that? When you're being. You know? Can you not mime your hands making love? Okay. So either single or fuck buddies. Uh, other race, not white, not black, not Hispanic. Racist. <laughs> They're saying other race. Trust you They're, to bring race very into broad, it. right across the board. Uh, living in a rural area and a West Coast resident. Hmm. So here we go. Simply put, the person with the highest number of paranormal beliefs in the United States as of 2017, sorry, it's a year old, will tend to be lower income, female living in a rural area in the Western States, she tends to be politically conservative and claims to be highly religious, though scarcely attends religious services. She is either currently single or has a fuck buddy <laughs> and reports her race as other. Hmm. There you go. That's our audience. That is our audience right there. Our right? audience? Yeah. So okay. we need to find a way to angle more more of our, uh, our our potty audience and more of our content to this sort of person okay need to reach out this is now this is like our marketing research that's being done mm-hmm. that's who we're hitting so that is our demographic motherfucker that is a demographic so they're they're rural so i could talk about agriculture that's probably why they love the podcast so much because you're big on <laughs> ag okay um though yeah <laughs> not sure if we're hitting anything else I'm I'm quite offensive, and these people don't seem to be <laughs> conservative and quite religious. So yeah. I did just say fuck buddy a lot in this. <laughs> I swore a lot in this episode uh, sequence. So maybe we've lost this audience already. <laughs> Barking Start, up the wrong tree. Starting to lose me. This is a hell of a Halloween episode. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, as long as you're done. I'm done. <laughs> um, so um, is this the article you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a few um, short tidbit style Halloween related paranormal stories. Yes, or even just scarish. I don't know if they're always Halloween. They're just kind of spooky, scary, paranormally short right. stories. Yeah. Let's tag team these stories. Um, do you want to go first? Okay. The death of Eliza Lamb. Oh, by the way, um, catch you later, Juliana. She always turns off at this time. Oh, really? <laughs> she doesn't like the paranormal stories. No. <laughs> um, I had heard her say that, uh, yeah, that she likes the bants at the beginning. The banter, yeah. yeah. I reckon there's a percentage of people in it for the banter. Yeah. Just to hear me say fuck, buddy, and then, <laughs> then they tune out. Get out of there. <laughs> Eliza Lamb was last seen on January 31st, 2013, in the lobby of the Cecil Hotel in downtown LA. She was vacationing through the West Coast documenting the trip on her blog and checking in with her parents every day that's really good because i don't ever check in my parents every day when i'm on holiday on january 31 these calls stopped lamb had vanished soon the police were involved and her parents arrived to help with the search they had nothing that february lapd released elevator surveillance footage of lamb before her disappearance the, foot- the footage shows Lamb behaving strangely in the elevator, appearing to talk with invisible people, peering around the corner of the door, crouching in the corner, and opening and closing the door. But what exactly is going on in this video raises more questions than answers. Theories range from psychotic episodes to demonic possession to unknown assailants, just out of the camera's view. 
Around that time, hotel guests started reporting weird things happening with the Cecil Hotel water supply. As CNN reports, the shower was awful, said Sabina Bao. Bao? Bao? Who spent eight days there during the investigation. When you turn the tap on, the water was coming black first Ugh. for two seconds, then it was going back to normal. The tap water tasted horrible. Ugh. It had a very funny, sweety, disgusting taste. <laughs> it's a very strange taste. I can barely describe it. Well, she made a good attempt to describe it. Sweetie, disgusting. But for a week, they never complained. We never thought anything of it, she said. We thought it was just the way it was here. On the morning of February 19th, a hotel employee climbed to the roof and used a ladder to investigate the hotel's water storage tanks. That's where authorities found the decomposing naked body of Lamb, whose personal items were found nearby. After an autopsy, her death was labelled accidental. NBC LA reported at the time about the strange circumstances in the hotel's past. The tank has a metal latch that can be opened, but authorities said access to the roof is secured with an alarm and lock. The single-room occupancy hotel has unusual has an unusual history. Night stalker Richard Ramirez was found guilty of 14 slayings of the 1980s, lived on the 14th floor for several months in 1985 when, I, when Luke was born. Mm-hmm. An international serial killer, Jack Unterweger, is suspected of murdering three prostitutes during the time he lived there in 1991, when Luke was six. He killed himself in jail in 1994. When you were... Seven, eight, nine. Nine. <laughs> in 1962, a female when occupant... Luke was negative. <laughs> about life. In 1962, a female occupant jumped out of one of the hotel's windows, killing herself and a pedestrian on whom she landed. Oh, man. That is an unlucky pedestrian. It really is. It has nothing to do with it. Remember that time I got pooed on by a seagull? Like, I thought I was unlucky, but... <laughs> I do remember that. That yeah. was hilarious. Was it the last day of school? We yeah, were at a jubilant mo that I got pooed on in town. And you were wearing a suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll forget the look on your face. It was absolute gold. <laughs> so undignified. I think it was even like you were you were literally talking about what a good day you'd had. That's a good day. I feel like I had an ice cream at the time. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's wrong. I think got, I think it got thrown out because I was worried about splish splash <laughs> from the, the the aerial poop. Fair enough. Okay. So what do you think of that um, paranormal tale? I've, I've actually, actually heard that one. I before. have too, actually. Yeah, it's there was some there's like some weird theory where she was playing some elevator game, and that elevator game in some unusual um, some unusual um, sort of circles has said that it can transport you to different realms or universes, ah. which is hopping in and out, doing a weird thing. So I think our old uh, our old friend Sarjel would quite like that. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, I thought it was just like drugs. She was on like Daytura or something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's the other part too. <laughs> I think the, it's less paranormal, but the trickiest thing I think is how she got into that water tank when it was locked and the alarm was roofed. That's wrong. <laughs> the roof was alarmed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the alarm was roofed. Yeah, I said it, and it kind of sounded right, but there was something a little off about it. Mm. Yeah, when the roof was alarmed, so yep. yeah, and the water tank, yeah, was something. I don't think there was like, even a way to climb into it without putting a ladder up and getting in. So mm. yeah, odd, odd indeed. All right, hit me with one of yours. An exorcism in Indianapolis. Last year, which I don't know how long ago this was, because I don't know how old this article is, the Indianapolis Star published a lengthy report on a family terrorised by three children allegedly possessed by demons. The account of Latoya Amons and her family tells disturbing stories of children climbing up the walls, getting thrown across rooms, and children threatening doctors in deep, unnatural voices. It would seem like something straight out of a movie. Oh, something maybe you could... What's the recipe for that? Yeah, do a recipe on. I could do a recipe on A work of fantasy, except all of these accounts were more or less corroborated with nearly 800 pages of official... Oh, that's a lot of pages. There'd be a lot to skim through to your recipe. Yeah, I reckon we read it word for word. Yeah. It'd be riveting. Boy, nearly 800 pages, of which I'll read now. <laughs> <laughs> and recounted in more than a dozen interviews with police, 
DCS personnel, I don't know what that means, uh, psychologists, family members, and a Catholic priest. I'm a lapsed Catholic, just FYI. So. You never went to Catholic school. Ooh. <laughs> Throwback. Yeah, um, yeah. So effectively, I'm probably, I mean, as a lapsed Catholic, I'm probably qualified to perform an exorcism, would you say? Um, probably. You can have a go. Yeah, have a go. What's, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. One of the more chilling sections of the report includes a segment, oh, we love segments in our show, mm-hmm. about a possessed nine-year-old. We don't really love possessed nine-year-olds. A, a Speak for yourself. <laughs> it's really rude against nine-year-olds that just happen to be possessed. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is no. This is this is hashtag no hate to possessed <laughs> nine-year-olds. According to Washington's original DC, there's that was there's that um, acronym again. District County Sheriff. Sounds good. An account corroborated by Walker, the nurse, the nine-year-old who we like had a weird grin and walked backward up a wall to the ceiling. Ugh. He then, I thought it was a she, anyway, he then flipped over Campbell, landing on his feet. He never let go of his grandmama's hand. Another segment of the piece reads, the 12-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she were being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She said she heard a voice say she'd never see her family again, and wouldn't live another 20 minutes. And then what happened? Well, she, she decided to watch Friends. You get like 22 minutes 22 on minutes. Yeah, yeah, you nearly get the whole episode, and it picked up your FF the ads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could FF the ads. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, you're throwing you're, it back at me? You're up, slugger. I see your demonic possession, and I raise you a murder-suicide. Oh, I actually quite like that term. Murder suicide. Yeah, it always intrigued me. I was like, I never kind of still. It's like murder is someone dying, suicide is someone dying, but they're slightly different. In September of 2014, a Utah teen returned to his home to find his parents and three siblings dead. In a notebook, a to-do list had been scribbled on the pages. The list looked as if parents were readying to go on vacation, with items such as feed the pets. And find someone to watch after the house were written. Watch after the house. Find someone to watch after, after the, the house. house. Interesting. The Salt Lake Tribune reported. Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Got the wrong emphasis. <laughs> the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. It appeared to be murder suicide, a term Tony enjoys. It does. But knows his big business. But there was no suicide note no prior indication that they would do this no explanation police could not figure out why two parents would kill themselves and three of their four children bane style for a year no one knew exactly what happened to the family or what would drive the parents to do something so unthinkable in january police released more chilling details in the case according to accounts from family members and invest and an investigation by the police the parents were driven by a belief that the apocalypse was coming and an obsession with a convicted killer. What? What's that? Was weird, weird terminology. So they it? were driven by a belief that the apocalypse was coming and an obsession with a convicted killer. Uh, so they were obsessed with a convicted killer and thought the apocalypse was coming. So, yeah, kind of fundy religious while also probably <laughs> fundy yeah well probably also listening to too many true crime podcasts like i had i mean mm. i just had a crowbar under my bed i didn't do a murder suicide no but you also forgot that crowbar the first time you might have needed it i did but i didn't forget to have someone watch the house watch after the house watch after the house i did forget the line i was supposed to say yeah. <laughs> as the washington post reported friends and family told the police told police that the parents were worried about the evil in the world and wanted to escape a pending apocalypse, but most assumed they just wanted to move somewhere off the grid. Investigators also found letters written by Christy Strack to one of the state's most infamous convicted serial killers, Dan Lafferty, who was convicted in the 1984 fatal stabbing of a sister-in-law and her one-year-old daughter a year before Luke was born. According to trial testimony, he killed the victims at the order of his brother, Ron Lafferty, who claimed to have had a revelation from God. The story became a book called Under the Banner of Heaven. 
Police said Christy Strack became friends with Dan Lafferty, and she and her husband even visited him in prison. Mm. Everyone likes visitors. It's well. less paranormal and just more kind of psycho killer. Psycho killer. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Run, 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 run. Run, run, run away. It's always time for a musical interlude. You just run off and leave me to finish it. Yeah, um, yeah less, less, um, less paranormal, but um, yeah, that, that's why people like Juliana turn off. Yeah, did get a musical number in there, so <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, that's brought it home with a musical number. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, this one is the phone stalker. Don't know if that means they stalked individual ben Rumble. F- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like phone salesman Ben yeah. Rumble. That's a Janice reference. If you get that reference. Please tweet us, tweet we'll send us. you a sticker. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, top deals, top service? That's what words I needed in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> in 2007, ABC News documented a series of cell phone calls to families with terrifying specific death threats. The unidentified callers knew exactly what families were doing and what they were wearing. Oh, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. (laughs) The families say the calls come in. I don't really like that way they've said that. The calls came in at all hours of the night, threatening to kill their children, their pets, and grandparents. It's a weird threat. I'm threat to kill your grandma. It's like she's in in retirement home. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of awful. Yeah. Uh, voice mails, two separate words, arrive, playing recordings of their private conversations, including one with a local police detective. It's pretty spooky. This is really weird. The caller knows, the family said, what they're wearing and what they're doing. And after months of investigating, police seem powerless to stop them. Weird. This went on with the... Oh, Kai, Kai, Ken- Kai Canole family for months who reported a caller with a scratchy voice threatening to slit their throats. Can you... Charming. Can you give us an impression of a scratchy voiced caller? Very good. That's spooky. Thank you. I might have to listen back to that when this is uh, this ears and just... The only freak, one that will. Freak myself out about <laughs> it. <laughs> then the Fincrest Washington police tried to find the culprit. We should release my slit their throats thing as a ringtone for Halloween. Yeah, do it again. No, I can't do it again. Okay, do that one time. Yeah, it's a one-off. When the Fincrest Washington police tried to find the culprit, the calls were traced back to the Kai... You said this again? Kai... Kai Kindles. Kai Kindles' own phones. The call was coming from inside the house? (gasps) Even when they were turned off. The Kai Kindles were turned off? Wow. I I mean, I guess if they were turned on by this... Yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be a bit wacky out there. But hey, I, I don't have a problem with fetishes or fantasies. Do what you want, babies. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Why do you have to take it there? It got worse. The Kaikendals and <coughs> and two other Furcrest. It said Fieldcrest before, didn't it? No, it said Furcrest. <laughs> <laughs> I always said it wrong. Furcrest families told ABC News that they believe the callers were using their cell phones to spy on them. They say the hackers know the every move where they are, what they're doing, and what they're wearing. The callers have recorded private conversations, the families and police said, including a meeting with a local detective. Right? Yeah, that yeah, could quite easily just be hackers. Hackers, yeah. Um, do you want to do the last one? It's quite short. Yeah, I'll finish off with the last one, and then we'll move into... The Lounge? To get me some strange. The Lounge. So... Uh, final one is entitled The Watcher. The people. After moving into their $1.3 million dream home, a New Jersey family started receiving creepy death threats from someone who identified themselves as The people. The Watcher. As CBS News reported earlier this year, since moving in, the owners said they have received numerous letters from the mysterious person. The people. The Watcher. Claimed the home has been the subject of my family for decades. And... I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming, Castro reported. Who we haven't heard from yet. Yeah. 
The new owners have several children, and the other letter letters asked, have they found out what's in the walls yet? Ooh. And I'm pleased to know your names now, and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. Eek. The family was forced to flee from their home and later filed a lawsuit against the previous owners. So that's something you can't do in New Zealand. You can't just sue the previous owners <laughs> because, sue someone. because Zepiba called you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watch next. President Trump has issues with women reporters. That's <laughs> yeah. one of the suggested articles at the end here. Uh, and I've got watch next. John, Donald, Donald J. Trump, the president who says things. <laughs> and on that note we'll move into the final segment of the show this is where we take the 1982 reader's digest version of mysteries of the unexplained i will flick to a random page tony will tell me when to stop and i'll read one of the stories on the page we land on this is the segment we call get, get me some strange you cut me off we call get, get me, me st- we call hey. <laughs> what's that noise <laughs> <laughs> get me get some me strange, strange. Get me some strange. Or was it Pippa? <laughs> and I'm flicking now. Cease. We Not spectral incursions. <laughs> we've landed on. This looks like quite an interesting one. I've prepared the post it notes. I'm going to stick one on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> that really helps. Um, Jeez, how far do you have to go to this title page? No, right? feels like a long time. I think this has got Ogopogo. I think I just saw Ogopogo. We never bought those t-shirts. No, you get those t-shirts. This is the monsters the monsters. Section. Perfect for Halloween. I'm sorry. What I, forgot, that? I forgot we were recording. Shut up. Sometimes I just forget we're recording. We're just having a casual conversation with headphones on and mix in our face. So there's two here. One of them is about two sentences long and one's two pages. Jesus. <laughs> um... Can we okay. find a happy medium? I'll give you three short ones. Okay. An eight-foot hairy upright monster, well wielding a club, terrified a party of skaters near Chesterfield, Idaho, in 1902. It's they tracks. had skaters in 1902. I'm guessing like ice skaters. Ice skaters, yeah. Not not like, like baggy not pants like, skaters. Yeah, yeah. Skater boys. He'd said, "See you later, boys." <laughs> Uh, its tracks, foretoed, were later measured as 22 inches long and 7 inches wide. Some good girth. That's the end of the first one. Okay. Do you want to post it? Hey, here's one that um, you did a story on, I believe. Here's a poster for you. Thank you. The Devil's Hoof Marks. <gasps> this is the Beast with a Billion Tracks episode. Well, good, good memory. Yeah. <laughs> The Devil's Hoof Marks were so-called by the astounded villagers who saw them appear overnight in rural England in 1855. On the morning of February 8th, countless numbers of unidentifiable, unidentifiable prints were discovered in the snow around 18 communities in the county of Devon. They were shaped like small horseshoes and ran in absolutely straight lines, one directly behind the other, as if whatever had made them had only one leg or a peculiarly mincing gait. Convincing <laughs> gate. In a single night, the unknown beast had travelled about a hundred miles, crossing a wide river, and had skulked around houses. In some places, it had apparently walked right up walls and along rooftops. And here and there, the tracks gave the impression that the thing had actually passed through walls and roofs. For some time thereafter, people feared to go out after dark, and the superstitious believed that the tracks were made by Satan himself. And then there's like a real shit drawing of them. <laughs> Dios, that's, that's literally a, a drawing of. I think a that's the drawing I saw when I was did the did the research for the article. Yeah. And just one final one, just because I know how you like getting amphibious. Hey, I get the thing off for you. Just don't touch the microphone <laughs> while we're recording. There you go. Thank you. Put on your pinky. A possibly amphibious worm-like animal of gigantic size was seen in various parts of Brazil during the 1860s. Late in the decade, one Francisco de Amaralvarala saw something like a yeah, huge sure. earthworm. Sure <laughs> yeah, this is a dead ringer. I couldn't say Cayenne or whatever that was earlier <laughs> on, so I'll let, you let that one fly past. Um, Francisco 
saw something like a large earth like a huge earthworm on the banks of the Rio de Caveras. It was <laughs> which is also exactly how they would say it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was three feet thick and had a pig like snout on what was presumably its head. More good girth. This is a good girthy chapter. When the witness called out to its neighbours, the creature disappeared into the ground, leaving in its wake deep furrows about three feet wide. The end. The end. Anything else to add to this episode before we call it quits for Halloween 2018? Yeah, I guess I give our Halloween episodes maybe a C, <laughs> C grade, including these ones. Yeah, you give our other ones. Did you say or these a Halloween ones? episodes? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I think we we thought we'll make something out of Halloween this year, and um, we we looked up some stuff and spent about two minutes finding some research of that. Um, I think the, 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 I'll give you I'll give your segment your recipe. Yeah. I'll give that an A. Alright. And the rest will be a C, so it's a C average. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Um It is, yeah. <laughs> next week we've got the very special uh Sargel eighteen uh lights in the sky one off. So um, will that be on the next week episode or will it be a you only episode? Uh we'll do a little intro. Yeah. Um but otherwise it'll be mostly Sargel eighteen, which is it's fascinating to listen to, so um we will be back to regularly scheduled programming the week after so until then anything else to add long pause (laughs) (laughs) until then we will catch you next week doodaloo